You guys, I am so excited for today's episode. We have one of the awesome marketing leaders at Bellywelly. And if you haven't heard of Bellywelly, you're going to learn all about them. But today we're welcoming Natasha Fedor. She oversees and manages all of the field efforts and marketing strategy for key accounts for Bellywelly, like Target and Sprouts and spends the majority of her time and effort at the individual store level, really improving the relationships with store management and finding ways to increase brand and marketing velocity. And she is going to speak with us today all about Bellywelly. This company is awesome. They are now a 50-person in-house team. They're located all across the country, and they also just recently raised $15.4 million in a Series A round earlier this year, and they have grown 10x since 2021. The reason I began looking into Belly Welly was because I was having some gut problems myself, and I was looking for some snacks that I didn't have to make myself that were easy to grab on the go, I'm a busy mom, I've got kids, I'm doing daycare pickup, workouts, working throughout my day. And Belly Welly offers gluten-free, dairy-free, low sugar, and low FODMAP baked snack bars. And they have different flavors like chocolate chip, cinnamon swirl, birthday cake, etc. And today we're gonna talk all about their marketing efforts. What do they do from a marketing perspective? How does Natasha help steer that ship? And what are some of the awesome activations that they've led? Like Hot Girls Have IBS, for instance. Have you seen it on social? Well, if not, you'll learn about it today. So I am so, so excited for you to just hear about this and learn a little bit more about what brand marketing really can do and how it can grow into this humongous business where investors are actually backing you. So let's dive in with Natasha and we'll learn more about Belly Welly, her journey, and exactly where the company is today. Buckle up. Welcome, Natasha, to Kylie Says. Who's ready for season two? Okay, so Natasha is the sweetest woman on the planet for joining me for round two. This is actually not the first time that we've had a round two, but Natasha, I'm so glad to have you back. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's good to be back. Technically have you here for the first time because no one else has heard. So now we have kind of, we got a leg up going into this interview. Yeah. Fresh start, you know, fresh start with one another. It's perfect. Yeah. So I... I want to start from the beginning of where we kind of talked about before, but I want to learn a little bit about your childhood. But first, can you just tell us what's your role at Belly Welly today? Because that's the main reason that we're here is kind of to learn more about what your role is. But then I want to dig into a bit more of your background, what you were like as a kid. So let's start by your role today, and then we can go backwards a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So my role with Bellywelly is to oversee our nationwide retail relationships. So I'll go into some of these key accounts, foster relationships, and then expand our presence in store. A lot of the time it's identifying opportunities for our Belly Bestie team to then go into the store and expand our footprint within the account. So a lot of times it's diagnosing, okay, we need a demo in this store, or we need another secondary placement, 
or we just need to give it extra love. So that's really uh, my role here at Belly Welly. And then since it is a startup, there are a lot of hats that are worn. So I'll help out with marketing, with some guerrilla marketing, and then also with our social media. Amazing. And you would not know this necessarily, but for anyone who's watching this or listening, you would immediately say, oh my gosh, this, she's glowing. She seems so good in front of the camera. She must have always been like this. So tell me what you were like as a kid. Yes, I was shy as a child up until I want to say age nine. I would hide behind my dad's leg if somebody came up to me and started talking to me, you know, the quintessential like, hi, how old are you? I would cower in fear. I didn't want to speak to strangers. I was a ballet dancer from age three, ballet, tap, jazz, all of that. So being on stage, it was always very comfortable for me. So I think over time, I just kid myself into thinking that the world was a stage too. So I was like, okay, just be comfortable in the real world because it's also a stage. So that's how that's evolved. And then I was also heavily involved in theater throughout middle school and high school, which isn't really a surprise to most people. And then participating in speech competitions and debate classes. So that was, I was always very restless too, though. I wanted to see more. Well, actually, okay back it up a little bit yeah let's take it back my mom always talks about how when we were on a plane going somewhere I would turn to her and be like when are we going to go home and she goes we're just starting the trip now and my brother was always the quicksilver one wanted to be exploring wanted to be out of the house but it's really funny because our roles reversed I'm the one who has lived in multiple cities it's hard for me to drop anchor somewhere Meanwhile, my brother is very much now the homebody. He has a home in Tucson. That's where he thrives. He likes being stable. Meanwhile, I'm the footloose, fancy free one, just figuring it out one day at a time. Do you think that that had something to do with like the safety of feeling like, okay, now that I'm coming out of my shell a little bit more, I want to make sure that I'm safe when I'm doing it. When you're traveling, for instance, like what, what do you attribute that to? Yeah, I... I don't know exactly what that moment or when that moment was that I suddenly became comfortable traveling. I think all of a sudden I realized that there's this great big world out there and I just wanted to see it all. And that's still in me as well. I want to someday sail the world. And that's the first step to that is procuring that boat I was telling you Mm -hmm. about. So that's in the process right now. So I really don't have a firm answer for you on, okay, when did that shift happen for me? I think just over time, traveling more, probably getting more comfortable with traveling. Because when you're a kid, and you have to think about this too, the world is scary. I always think of that show Courage, the Cowardly Dog, how it's from the perspective of this tiny little dog existing in this world. And oftentimes when I see kids playing outside or even just in public looking so fearful it's no wonder they're experiencing everything for the first time it must be terrifying to be from that child perspective experiencing this world being like oh my gosh everybody is so large everything is so big and here I am this tiny little this tiny little being on this big planet that's why for me it's been important to take my kids like two new places my daughter's four and she's been to Hawaii four times Amazing. like we've been taking her since she was we took her when she was nine months old I flew with her first class 
on my lap. And my husband was like, I think this is a bad idea. And I was like, no, like, let's try it out. Why not? Luckily, she didn't scream the whole flight. She was amazing. And we actually had other people in first class say, do you guys want to go to dinner when we land? We'd watch her. She's a dream. And I was like, see, this is great. (laughs) This is networking at its finest. I feel like it's important to think about marketing and networking literally happens at all time. And I feel like that's probably part of your day to day that you've gotten incredibly comfortable with talking with different types of people and figuring out like this sort of messages that you want to make sure it's always landing. When you think about like, what are the key messages for you when you're talking with someone, whether it's a big wig at Target or Sprouts, or you're talking to a store manager, like what are the things that you want to land in terms of how you want consumers to think about Belly Welly? I definitely want it to land that we are championing women's gut health, that we're going beyond just being a bar company, but we really do want to be the most significant women's gut health brand of the decade. And so that's what I want to land is that we're wanting to meet our consumers at multiple points of her or his day. And so when I'm speaking to these managers and to these employees, training them on how to speak to potential consumers, of course, there's the buzzwords, the gut health, the probiotics, it's gluten-free, dairy-free, part of a low FODMAP diet, which I'm sure we'll dive into later, but it's really making sure that they are equipped to speak not only on what's going into the product, but the mission behind the brand as well, because consumers do want mission-driven brands these days. Yes, totally. Where, if someone is on a gut health journey, does it matter at which point down that journey that they find Belly Welly, or if they're just hearing about Belly Welly for the first time now, They've been struggling with maybe some of those common signs or symptoms that maybe cortisol is too high and it's causing inflammation or some of those other things. How, like, what are some of those signs that might indicate that someone should be taking better care of their gut health and trying to do a little bit more research into how gut health can implement their day-to-day or how gut health can help them implement better habits that will then decrease some of those symptoms that might be a result of poor gut health? Absolutely. And disclaimer, I'm not a doctor. I've learned everything <laughs> looking at Belly Welly and what I like to call YouTube University. So gut issues, digestive issues can really manifest in a variety of ways. The most obvious is going to be bloating, constipation, diarrhea. But for some people, it can be skin problems. A lot of the time it can be brain fog and exhaustion. So if you're ever experiencing any sort of those symptoms, I always think it is worthwhile to go speak to a doctor. I'm also just a hypochondriac. So I find a lot of peace going (laughs) to a doctor's office and just being like, these are my problems. And they're like, okay, you didn't have to come to us this time. Um, So absolutely recommend to elimination diets. Um, low FODMAP, which we can dive into that now, or we can dive into Yeah. Tell us about what low FODMAP means. Yes. So there is the whole scientific explanation of it, which I can absolutely dive into, which hopefully I remember it. So it's fermentable oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides, and polyols. So simply put, it is a fermented short chain carbohydrate that is difficult for the digestion to digest for our digestive system to digest. Um, so 
a lot of the time you'll find oligos oligosaccharides residing in gluten, crackers, breads, etc. So it's not so much that somebody's celiac, but they may have a sensitivity to those oligosaccharides oligosaccharides. I cannot say that word correctly. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't blame you. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. Disaccharides. Now that's going to be the lactose that's in those fermentable sugars. So think dairy products, monosaccharides, that's the sugar found in fruit and polyols are the sugar alcohols. So one thing for me that I'm extremely sensitive to are sugar alcohols. Anything that has erythrol in it, I will have bloating. I'll get a headache from it. I will feel sluggish. The other day I went out surfing. And before that, I got this free can of supposedly clean of a clean energy drink thinking it was clean. I didn't even read the ingredients. I just didn't have any coffee. I was like, I need an energy drink. I need a boost. So I chugged it, I'm out at the break and all of a sudden my stomach's hurting. I'm feeling so bloated. I'm feeling sluggish. I'm like, what the heck is going on? I'm missing the waves. I go back into my car. I look at the can and there's erythrol in it. And I go, oh, duh, you should have checked that before drinking it. Hmm. So yeah. what are, so just to be clear, so with a low FODMAP diet, would someone who has a sensitivity to like dairy or to gluten be able to still eat belly welly bars? Yes. So you can absolutely still eat belly welly bars because we have removed those gut irritating ingredients. And that is why it is a part of that low FODMAP diet. As Katie and Nick were developing the recipe, they were working with GI doctors to ensure everything that was going into the product was not going to aggravate the gut or the digestion or the digestive system, I should say. And we talked a little bit last time about the founding story of Belly Welly, but can you give us more insight into Katie's personal journey that really led to this high growth startup? You're receiving funding, like you are a true startup company now, yeah. doing big things with big things coming down the pipeline in terms of product. So can you give us a bit of like an overview of that? Absolutely. So Katie was dealing with some pretty horrific symptoms after a bad bout of food poisoning that just, it was not going away. So she has this food poisoning and then suddenly these gut issues emerge and she then had to cut back her diet quite significantly. And one evening she is craving a chocolate chip cookie. That's all she wants. And she can't eat a traditional chocolate chip cookie. So her husband, Nick goes, look, let me make you the perfect chocolate chip cookie. So that begins his journey of understanding what some of these ingredients are, what some of these irritants are, and how can he make a chocolate chip cookie that his wife, Katie, can enjoy. So she started camping out in various Facebook groups as well to see if people had a solution to these uh, digestive issues that she was encountering and no one seemed to have an answer. There were just a lot of people that were hurting, that were dealing with gas, constipation, bloating, and so forth. So they make these delicious chocolate chip cookies. They decide to put them out into Facebook and sell them. They launch it one evening. The next morning they wake up to about 835 orders. People oh, are wow. excited about it and they grow 
tremendously and they grow so quickly that within a few months she is raising funds she's going to the ceo of sprouts of whole foods of rx bar and they're funding belly welly from there that's incredible yeah that is a true founder story where you're actually doing something for the good of yourself that turns into a total business opportunity without even necessarily doing it on purpose but the mission becomes so clear from there Absolutely. And that's really been the core of the belly welly business too, is just maintaining strong relationships, not only with our retailers, but also with the consumers. That's how we started was Katie was hearing from people that they were having issues too with their guts. Uh, she even made a survey monkey where her and her husband sent that survey monkey out to their whole entire network of friends and family hmm. colleagues and I believe it was about 500 in total that they send the survey to. They received a response rate of like 76% of, yes, I have some form of IBS or SIBO or you name it. So they were listening to their own community. They were in these Facebook groups. And still to this day, she's speaking to the consumers on TikTok for packaging recommendations or she is personally responding to all of the customer service inquiries that come through on our website. That's crazy. And I feel like when it comes to relationships, that's truly the way in which the world moves forward. Your example of reaching out to Katie, for instance, and now having this, you know, really important marketing role with the company at this high growth phase is a perfect example. Give an overview of what you did, how you landed this job. And you can sprinkle in some, if anyone's watching the video of this, you can see that Natasha has this beautiful photo behind her of sailboats. You can talk about, you know, how did this come full circle and how did you drop yeah. anchor? So to speak, to give you one of your sailboat analogies. Yes, with belly Wally. <laughs> <laughs> so just to give you an overview of my whole entire journey, I'll try to keep it nice, short and sweet and compact. I have a propensity to ramble though. So just reel me in. Went to school out in New York. So originally from Tucson, Arizona. I was a liberal arts major. So I studied an amalgamation of topics, politics, philosophy, economics, postmodern philosophy, art history, creative writing and so forth. So when I graduated, I just thought to myself, oh my goodness, what do I do with this? And then I also, for my final semester, had studied theater in London because I had only open electives left. So I graduated after being in London, only focusing on theater. I'm back in the States thinking to myself, okay, what do I do with my life? So I ended up pursuing finance because my dad and my brother are financial advisors. I thought, okay, naturally it runs in the family. It does not. I did once <laughs> in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, moved there randomly. I'm very much a take leaps, assess the uh, jump though that you're going to make, ensure that you've measured it out. If you're not going to make the jump, then at least have a parachute ready to deploy. And so this was the first instance though of me not really assessing the situation and just being like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> So I go in, do it. I was in Milwaukee right as the polar vortex happened. It was a very difficult situation. Took the SIE, then the Series 7, and I just knew this is not the route for me. So then I ended up going into the CPG industry in New York. Uh, a company called FounderMade had reached out to me for a sponsorship sales opportunity. 
So I took that. So I left Milwaukee, went back to New York, started working with incredible food and beverage brands, getting them involved in our shows at Founder Made. And that's actually how I initially found out about Belly Welly was by just doing research of mission-driven food brands. So Belly Welly had been on my radar for quite some time. Pandemic hits, I ended up moving to Key West, Florida. I lived on a boat. I was managing a charter business. Sailing has always been in my blood, probably since I was 17. That's when I fell in love with it. So I was managing a charter business, then went back into FounderMade after the charter business because it burnt me out. It's a lot of work to deal with tourists, to deal with boats. Boats have a propensity to break down. They love having problems and tourists aren't happy when the boats have problems. So it was just a lot of work. So then I ended up finding out about the positioning at Belly Welly through Force Brands, which is a CPG job posting site. DM'd Katie on LinkedIn, said, hey, I'm a huge fan of Belly Welly. Would love to chat with you about this position you have open. She messaged back within an hour and was like, let's hop on a phone call tomorrow. And we have a very similar vibe the energy is matched for sure. So our first call was pretty much just getting to know one another, but it also felt like we were old friends. Mm -hmm. What do you think for someone who's starting out in their career, who doesn't totally know how to just cold email or LinkedIn someone, what advice do you have for them? Like, is there anything to be fearful of? Would you say just go for it? Would you yeah. say like, there's a, there's a method to the madness or would you say like, just take the risk because look what happened for you. What yeah. advice would you give to younger, the younger generation that's looking for a job, especially with so many people that have been let go of jobs or maybe are feeling really scared to enter the job force after so many layoffs at companies? Like what's your, what are your tips and tricks there? Yeah, that's a really great question. I'm always a fan of take a risk. Don't just find a cold outreach template on Google though. Make it a bit more personal. Make it something that you would want to receive. In the case of um, my outreach to Katie, it was very short and to the point, but also enthusiastic. You have to think that founders, CEOs, they're busy people. They don't have a lot of time on their hands to be reading long messages. So just keep it short, sweet, and straight and to the point and just go for it. Truly, that's my biggest piece of advice because if you don't go for it, you'll spend the rest of your life wondering what if. Mm -hmm. And there is this one saying, I saw it on a bumper sticker in Key West and it's stuck with me ever since. It's die with memories, not with dreams. And I think it is just a very powerful statement that we have to remind ourselves of. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Time I was walking in that parking lot and saw that it was just a reminder. I was like, okay, go do the things you want to do. Cause you mm -hmm. don't want to be on deathbed someday regretting anything or thinking, what if I did do that? How would it have all panned out? Totally. What would you say you've like, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned so far from Katie working directly with the founder, the CEO of mm -hmm. a high growth company is scrappiness, not thinking that you're above anything, being willing to listen to feedback and delegating power as well. There's eight of us in total on that internal team. 
And we're all a part of the decision-making process. I've been in some situations before where founders have siloed themselves. They don't want to share their power. They don't want to listen to any feedback or insights. So they kind of keep themselves locked away in a separate room, so to speak. Katie is always there and she's also become a confidant, a mentor, a friend of mine too. So I'm just so extremely lucky. She's also incredible with people. I love watching her interact with potential consumers or even just other founders. She just has this panache and this spark that is really hard to find nowadays, but she has it. And I'm just, I'm always amazed by her too. And the hot girls have IBS billboard as well. She's onto something. She like, she should never be like discounted at all. I'm always like, she's a smart cookie. You know, I think people always see like blonde and bubbly and they might think something. And I'm like, no, that woman is smart. She's probably one of the smartest people I know. Let's talk about the hot girls um, have IBS campaign because I feel like that was a genius way to take a vulnerable topic. What woman wants to openly express I'm super bloated. I'm having a lot of constipation issues. I mean, those are things that traditionally you're not going to divulge if anywhere online. And now we're kind of entering this phase where like getting well is cool, which I am so here for. How did that campaign like start? What was the thinking behind it? What was the way, like, was there fear around how are consumers going to react to this? Yeah. So she was in LA on Sunset Boulevard, there's all of those billboards. And a lot of those billboards nowadays are just bland and boring and lacking any sort of color or enthusiasm or excitement. So she's looking at these billboards and she's thinking, huh, what if we just did hot girls have IBS? Because the mission behind Belly Welly 2 is to destigmatize women's gut health and to make it fun and approachable. So by saying hot girls have IBS, you're bringing it to the forefront. You're talking about, you're putting it on the table, but you're doing it in a really fun and unique way that makes people like stop and be like, oh, okay, fun. Or they take a picture of it. It ended up becoming this incredible moment on social media where it went viral because people were making TikToks about it. They were taking pictures. There were influencers and celebrities and actors that were also taking pictures of it. So it then helped to reinforce that whole entire mission and statement that, hey, people do deal with this. Two thirds of IBS sufferers are women. So let's talk about it. And mm-hmm. what better way to do that than a hot pink billboard on Sunset Boulevard? Totally. What What do you think are like the most important things in women's health that aren't being talked about right now that Belly Welly is really doing a good job of like creating conversations around outside of just gut health in general? Yeah. It's like Belly Welly to me feels like there could be room for transition into like a full wellness company. Where yes. do you feel like you're starting conversations that have yet to really be addressed by other brands in the same way? Absolutely. We just launched a Hot Girls Have podcast to discuss those conversations surrounding taboo subjects. So for us, the first obstacle or not obstacle, but the first conversation to have was 
gut issues for women, IBS. Now it's, okay, let's talk about periods. Let's talk about posture. Let's talk about exercise. Let's talk about menopause. Let's talk about all of these things that for so long have been swept under the rug because it's not comfortable for everybody to talk about for whatever reason that may be. So we've started this podcast. We are expanding our product line this year as well. We just announced on our Instagram a week ago, our uh, probiotic, not our probiotic, I should say our fiber powder that we'll be launching. There will be probiotics to it. So we're launching this fiber product at Walmart this year. So as I shared earlier, our mission really is not to just be in one aisle of the grocery store but we want to be in multiple aisles of the grocery store, really leading that initiative and effort of women's gut health and to meet that consumer at every single point of their day. And have has Belly Welly been in Walmart and shelves before, or will this be the first this time? This is our launch. So it wow, is- that's awesome. Well, yeah, thank you. We're very excited about it. Target has been an excellent account for us. And now being in Walmart as well with this additional product, it's really amping us all up and reinforcing that mission of, okay, we will become the most important women's health brand of the decade. Mm -hmm. And how are you as a marketing lead for the company managing teams? How are you, you know, uh, managing up to Katie and to others? What are some of the important either personality traits or just like business tactics that you've employed for yourself or deployed for yourself rather that you think have made you successful thus far? And I know that this is still a relatively new role, but yeah. obviously Katie was the one who recommended that I speak with you. So after some back and forth on email with her, so obviously you're doing something that's really landing. What do you think that is? I would say... So one thing that I have employed for myself is just, well, hold on, let me back up. Let me think about this one a little bit longer too. Sorry about that, Kylie. No, I want, I want, I'm very curious because I feel like, especially getting off the ground, there's a lot of legwork and you mentioned, oh, we wear a lot of hats. Given that my day job is working, I'm literally at one of my startup clients' offices right now, um, is working with a lot of Starbucks, Starbucks, a lot of startups that are in similar spaces, super high growth. I'm very curious to know from the marketing standpoint, like, what do you think has made you successful? Or is there something that you're working towards that you feel like I've started to learn this from Katie or from someone else on your team? And it's now a tactic that I think I'm going to take as my own. Yeah, I would definitely say, and I know I've already mentioned this with Katie, is that scrappiness, that has been the most important piece that I've learned thus far, is instead of spending so much money on focus groups to provide feedback on packaging, bar taste, and so forth, just reaching out to the consumer on TikTok and on Instagram, meeting them where they already are. We've been getting incredible insight through those moments of just hopping on TikTok, making a quick, hey, what do you think of the packaging? Why aren't you buying this? Or why are you buying this? Or what could be stopping you? I would say that that has been the key to our success. That has provided us with the opportunity to sustainably grow. We aren't trying to just 
bleed out a ton of money, you know, on marketing dollars, we're trying to be very strategic with it. So I would say being nimble, being scrappy and just working as a team, we all are wearing multiple hats. We're hopping on calls when need be, you know, really taking the time out of the day to meet with every single one of the team members to understand how can I support you or how can you support me or how can this conversation um, between us and operations then help us in field, you know, mm-hmm. it's just having this like open line of communication with every single team member and keeping it, keeping the conversation flowing and free at all times. What I are some things? Question. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to dig a little bit deeper into some of the like personality traits that lend into your professional, because obviously there's a huge trend just in be your, bring your full self to work at certain companies. Yes. And then others, it's like, okay, bring some of who you are, but let's hold back this. How do you approach that concept? And what do you think in general, like, okay, this is part of my personality, but it lends really well to my role. Can you like, give me an example of something that you think you've honed as a great skill that's benefited your career growth? To quote uh, the head of demo marketing, Natasha, you have the gift of gab. So I would definitely say that that has helped with my role to <laughs> any situation with any sort of personality and just figure out how to talk to that person and meet them in that moment. But it's also understanding how to be a chameleon because a lot of the time people don't want to speak to you or they don't want to talk to you. So then pumping the brakes, keeping it short, keeping it sweet, bringing out that New Yorker personality when that time comes. So I would say reading the room is absolutely beneficial in my role but personality wise, my gregariousness, my love of theatrics, I think all of that really plays well into sales. And that's what has helped me excel in this role. Mm -hmm. Are you doing most of that, like read the room through something like this, like virtually are most of those conversations happening in person on the phone? What's the format? Mostly, which is really nice because it's much easier to read the room in person than it is Mm -hmm. virtually. When the pandemic hit though, and I was working with FounderMade on the sponsorship side, everything was through a Google Meet or Zoom. And that was a very interesting way to be introduced to sales right off the bat. It is so much harder to sell a product or a good on Google Meet or Zoom versus in-person. In-person sales, like I said, you can read the room, you can mimic or mirror, I should say not mimic, but mirror what your uh, prospect is giving you. It's much more comfortable. It's more intimate. It's just, I think, a much better environment than over a Google Meet or over a phone call. What else do you think has changed with like retail CPG in general over like the last year or in general, given like TikTok as a marketing tactic where you don't necessarily need to spend a ton of ad dollars, but if you go viral, it can be huge for brand awareness. Has anything else changed there that's benefited Belly Welly? Yeah, I I don't know if it's so much of a change, but what we found in the retail landscape is what we've discovered is that building brand awareness, it's much more beneficial in the retail landscape 
than going for deep discounts and driving meaningless velocities. So over the past few years, we have developed our Belly Bestie program, which is our brand ambassador program, but they are an extension of the core team. To us, they're not just brand reps, but they are a part of Belly Welly. We have trained them to be that internal SWAT team where they can go into any account they can merchandise, they can build relationships with store management, they can secure secondary placement, and they can also uh, host demos in store and interact with customers. So that's what we've found to be very beneficial and that's how it's evolved for us. It's not so much hosting crazy BOGOs or promos mm -hmm. with these retailers. Instead, it's finding really meaningful ways to build brand awareness and to interact with consumers in store. What's one of the campaigns that you're the proudest of having been a part of? That's a great question. So far, probably our target campaign. That was one of those moments where we go, okay, we got to blitz targets because we got to make this first month in target outstanding. So our belly besties, we all got them together. We gave them our friendship bracelets, which I wish I had one on me. It says like hot girls have IBS or belly bestie or belly welly. So we have these friendship bracelets. We were sticking them to boxes. We were putting them on coupons. We were really making sure that we were getting in store. We were wearing the bright pink hoodies. We were telling the besties to hand out coupons to consumers in the aisle to talk about belly welly. Uh, Target is very strict with handing out samples though. I learned that the hard way by being kicked out for handing out samples oh but my gosh. back in October was <laughs> just give Target the love, talk to consumers, just go nuts in Target to really amp up our launch because Target looks at those numbers and you got to make sure you uh, hit it out of the park that first month. And what's behind the hot pink branding? Like, tell me from a packaging perspective, we talked a little bit about this last time. You got yeah. great feedback from some target consumers about what they were looking for in terms of how they wanted the product to be called, what they wanted the shape of the product. How do you take that feedback as a marketing leader and then incorporate it into something that they can see? And then how are you communicating that to your consumers that, oh, you asked for it and we delivered? Yeah. So the example that we discussed was we found out upon launching into Target within the first month that target consumers liked the concept of soft baked squares on the packaging, as opposed to saying probiotic snack bar. So that quickly evolved for us. We got together, transformed the packaging. The new packaging is now on some shelves. I saw it yesterday, it looks excellent. And that's an example of listening to the consumer and quickly pivoting so that we could then you know, maintain our, well, what's the word? Sorry. I'm like trying to figure out what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> no, that's okay. That was us. So we transformed the packaging and that was us showing up to the customer saying, Hey, we heard what you had to say about the packaging. Now here's something that you asked for. And the hot pink really emerged from Katie's brain. She mm -hmm. was the one who came up with the hot girls have IBS pink is typically associated with feminine products. We are a brand that is looking to be an advocate for women's gut health. 
hence the pink, it stands out in the aisle. People love the pink as well. When you open up your cabinet, it just looks gorgeous. Um, it's a package that definitely stands out. So we're going to keep the pink uh, indefinitely. Yeah, I love the pink. I'm a huge fan of the pink. Thank you. <laughs> and what's your favorite flavor? My favorite flavor is strawberry shortcake. And it, fun fact, I'm always very transparent. For the longest time, it was not my favorite flavor, but we reformulated it. And it is so good now. Even my friends who used to not like the strawberry shortcake now love the strawberry shortcake. There you go. A small tweak can make all the difference. Yes. No, truly. It's, it's actually insane. We just added the quinoa crisps and changed the base just a little bit. And it is amazing now. And are you traveling a lot for your job? Like, are you traveling to Targets and to Sprouts? And who are you traditionally like meeting with when you're going there? Is it headquarters? Is it primarily the store managers? What does that process look like? Yes, great question. Traveling a ton for work, which I really do enjoy, whether it be planes, automobiles, no trains yet, and no boats, <laughs> but mainly planes and uh, automobiles. It's most of the time meeting with the managers in store. Like I shared earlier, understanding, okay, where are some gaps in education? How can I better... Um, provide ammunition for the employees here so that they can be prepared to speak about Belly Welly to a potential consumer? Or is there any sort of space within the store where we can have a secondary display because that helps increase our sales tremendously? Or does this store just need more Belly Bestie visits? Do we need to start setting up some demos to move these bars? Mm -hmm. Are any of those conversations ever like uncomfortable and awkward? And if so, how do you turn them back into like a positive? Because I feel like that's a really, that's a sales skill is taking yeah. someone who maybe is like, I've got a lot of brands I'm talking to today. You know, it's a busy day. I've got stuff to do. Like, how do you manage those situations while kill remaining professional? <laughs> I always say, just kill them with kindness. Just be understanding People are busy. They oftentimes won't want to talk to you. But like I said, read the room. For the most part, I've actually been very fortunate. Most of the managers I've met that I've spoken with that I've, you know, had on my side, it's it hasn't been too much of an obstacle to like get to a rapport building point with them they're most of the time just like, oh, hi. And they appreciate the fact that we go in, we're providing samples to the employees. They're happy to see us. I try to reinforce like a, you know, the Pavlov's uh, law, the dog. Mm -hmm. tree. Mm -hmm. yeah, every time I go and I'm like, here's a belly welly bark. Here's a belly welly bar. Yeah. So that when they see me, they're like, oh, I'm going to get a cookie out of this. You know, mm -hmm. so you get swag, you get a gift, yeah. you get a treat. Exactly. It, it truly is. It's reading the room, but for the most part, I think a lot of people ever since COVID too really ached for connection and for genuine connection too. So a lot of the time I won't even start talking about belly welly until five minutes into our conversation. Cause I want to hear how their weekend was, if they did anything with their kids, if they have anything planned for the upcoming week, people love talking about themselves. So give them that space to do so. Mm -hmm. I think I will never forget a tweet from a reporter that I follow said, doesn't matter necessarily what you're covering. People love reading about people. And yes. I think that's very true. And I think we 
too frequently over index on trying to get the job done without building in that relationship factor to your point. Like before we started, you remembered my kids' names and I mentioned I'm going to a birthday party. You asked like, oh, is it your daughter's friend? Because I had mentioned she was older. Like those things people remember just like the vice versa. If it's like every time I talk to this person, they just need something from me. So I think that that's absolutely a pro tip in terms of relationship building. As you look at your future, I know the sailboat is one of them. I want to know how did that go? <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes. Yeah, so I put the offer in it's pending survey, which a survey is similar to an inspection that you would have on a house. Mm -hmm. so that's next Tuesday. If everything goes well with that, I will put the money down and it will be my boat. So then you'll be living on the boat. I will be living on the boat. Yes. So how would a day-to-day -day look on the boat with your job? Are you going to be sailing while you're on a call? Like how, I mean, to me, it sounds absolutely amazing because I am a water baby. I love the ocean. I love the lake. I love anything with water. So yeah. that feels like uh, a dream scenario for me. So like, what would, how would you structure your days differently if, and when you're on the boat versus yeah. when you're in an apartment or wherever you live? Absolutely. I wish I had some crazy answer for you that, yes, I'm going to be sailing to Hawaii. I'll be taking <laughs> remotely. But for the time being, I will have it docked here in San Diego. And the eventual goal is to move it up the coast of California, maybe go down towards Mexico in two years time, whatever it may be. For right now, though, I do need to be here in California um, because that's where belly welly needs me. Mm -hmm. So I think it would be pretty neat to get a belly welly hot girls have IBS sail, sail up the coast, stop off in various harbors and marinas, go do some store visits in orange County, then go up to, uh, LA, then go up to the San Francisco Bay area, pass out the belly wellies, meet with the managers and do it from a sailboat. It's a big dream, but I am a big dreamer. So I think I'll do it. <laughs> mm -hmm. When speaking of big right now, it will stay pretty consistent. I'll live on the boat. Then I'll be here in San Diego, going to stores here, going up to Orange County, driving up that way. And then of course, hopping on phone calls or Zooms whenever mm -hmm. it calls. What would you say of your big dreams is like five-year versus 20-year plan? Yeah, it's so funny that you asked this because my friend last night asked me, what's your 10-year plan, Natasha? And I go, for the first time in my life, I don't have a 10-year plan. Of course, I have barometers of success, X amount in savings, and that's really it. The daughter of a financial advisor, I'm always thinking. <laughs> savings. I was like, that's a good one. I haven't heard that one. <laughs> and so that's really how I think of it. Career-wise, I just want to still, I do see myself with belly welly indefinitely. I love it here so much. I am a huge advocate of the brand. I was a fan of it before I started working here at Belly Welly. And also Katie is just, like I said, the most incredible leader. And I just want to be by her side, no matter what she does. If she were to be like, Hey, I'm going to start this crazy business and we're going to start it tomorrow. I'd be like, okay, I'm there with you. Like, I would just not even think of, okay, let, let's like study this a bit more. What's the research that went behind it. I would just be like, I trust you fully because you are the handiest, smartest, scrappiest, wisest entrepreneur I've ever met. Do you have an entrepreneurial spirit yourself? Yes, definitely. My dad 
has said that since I was a little girl, he was like, you will be an entrepreneur and belly. Welly's definitely priming up that entrepreneurial engine. That's already like within me. It's now just, okay, what exactly do you want to do down the road? What kind of a mm-hmm. brand do you want to be the leader of? And, you know, there's different ideas that percolate constantly and some of them, I think, okay, that's just a terrible business idea. Others, I think, okay, well, maybe if we work on this for a few years, it could be something successful. So Mm -hmm. now though, the focus is belly welly. I'm learning so much on the day to day and really stoking that flame of entrepreneurial that entrepreneurial flame that's within me, it's being stoked constantly at belly welly. And so now it's just a matter of, okay, like what will I do once that belly welly chapter closes? And mm-hmm. I don't have an answer yet. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. I've learned that life will throw a lot of curveballs. There's a lot of twists and turns. There's ebbs, flows, highs, and lows. And all you can do is just ride it and figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. hundred percent agree. What I'm curious, because I talk with a lot of spirituality girlies and leaders of businesses that are in the spirituality realm and just in general things I love kind of the woo-woo things I'm curious what your zodiac sign is I'm an Aries okay yeah so is my daughter okay yeah I'm very much you know I for the longest time didn't really read zodiacs or horoscopes But recently, there's just been some relationships in the past few years where I'm like, okay, this is interesting, Natasha. There seems to be some behaviors that you're repeating. And I started reading more about the airy spirit. And I was like, oh, yep. Okay. Yep. This checks. This this makes sense. (laughs) Yep. Okay. (laughs) Have you ever heard about human design? Human design. No, tell me more. Okay. So it's, I, I do human design readings. And so that's why I was like, I'm very interested in what your zodiac sign is, first of all, but human design is kind of the science behind your spirituality and your energy. Okay. So it's it takes a look at the time you were born, the location you were born, and then obviously the date in which you were born. So those three metrics are kind of what give the the answers into how your energy operates, how you show up in the world. It gives you insight into like the best path forward. It's not going to tell you all the things that you don't know about yourself, but it will give you insight into areas of your personality, how you deal with situations. Um, and there are multiple different energy types. But I, for instance, I'll give you just an example. I'm a projector. Yeah. And so the best way for me to show up is when someone invites me to share my opinion. I can be very opinionated. And sometimes that can come off if someone's not asking for it. It's like, great, thanks. No one asked. So I've worked really hard, especially in my job to say like, okay, when someone asks my opinion, then I'll chime in, but I'll try to hold off until then. And each energy type operates differently. Sometimes it's better for you to just immediately assert yourself and say, this is my opinion and this is what I'm doing. Everyone come on board. So it's something if you're interested and you know any of and you know those metrics, where you were born, the time you were born, and obviously the date of your birth, I could give you a ton of insight into your human design. Oh yes, let's do it. I'm so okay. curious. Yeah. I know. And once you know, I've actually had one of my girlfriends was let go from her job a long time ago. Um, and has since not been able to find another job. And in that, in between, we said, let's look at what your human design is so that we can better understand like what this intel can tell us maybe like it won't tell us the perfect job for you is x but it will tell us how do you best show up what are some ways in which your energy operates what does your aura field look like 
like it's it's immersing um, with other people or it can come off as a little bit closed and inward and she still to this day is like that was the most insane thing I've ever read about myself it was so spot on so it's a little bit it's deeper than like a zodiac reading and more along the lines of like if you're looking to manifest something into your life and you keep these tools in practice it's kind of like a mix of the book the secret and like a zodiac reading for yourself is kind of how I try to give people an overview of it interesting how is it because the star chart the full star chart that people do it's based off of those same metrics right similar yes so it does tell you like what your planetary metrics are and each of so it's like the sun the moon venus etc it'll give you insight into all of that so if you are into human design, like I've been very interested in astrology because of that as well. So I'm trying to find someone who can do my astrology reading because I feel like it's just a very, they're all just tools yes. to better understand like how you can show up. But it's, you seemed like someone that would be curious about it, which is why I asked. Definitely curious. Always willing to learn more about the inner workings of myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who's not? Yeah. What? Why not? What have I not asked you that you think is important to keep in mind when it comes to building a brand or showing up as your authentic self or pursuing career goals? I think something I've recently discovered is the importance of being a beginner in something. So I say this because us talking about our zodiacs and our personal beliefs and spirituality and whatnot, it just sparked this thought is I started the surfing journey back in October. Now, me being in Aries, very stubborn, bullheaded, everything I've read about it is does not like to look weak. And so for the longest time, I would try some new activity and just turn my back on it when I realized, oh, I am a beginner and I'm not a professional right away at it, or I'm not good at it. And so I would continually try new projects, give up on them, try something new, give up on it. And it just wasn't a healthy cycle. And I would even notice that trickling in the professional world for me as well. And so I started surfing back in October and there have been moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, you really are such a kook at this me a year, two years ago would have just stopped. Would have, my ego would have been shot down. I'm, I have a fragile ego. I would have let all of that get in the way of just pursuing something that really makes me happy. Now I say relish in being a beginner, enjoy it, relish in this uncertainty in the unknown. And then that also goes into my grander theme and grander piece of advice to people in life is we are constantly in a state of like not of, or I guess we're like constantly in a season of not knowing what's coming next. Like we are not uh, gypsies. We can't tell the future Mm -hmm. exactly. So just enjoy being in this phase of complete freedom, being thrashed around of not knowing this next season or what's going to happen tomorrow. There's so much freedom to that. So going back to that first piece of like, be a beginner, be willing to like, maybe take a step back in your career in some ways, if it's with the right company, because so many other doors will open. Don't let your ego get in the way. 
And then also just relish in this time of uncertainty. I think a lot of people in their 20s are kind of facing that of thinking, okay, well, when is the right person going to come along? Or when is this big break in my career going to take place? But you know what? You don't need to know the answers to all of that. Uh, there's the whole philosophy of stoicism as well, that if you're thinking too much about the future, you're going to be stressed. If you're thinking too much about the past, you're going to be anxious. So just live in the now, live in the present. And I think that is a worthy piece of advice to bring into your life. 100%. It's a great place for us to end. That is fantastic advice, whether you're in your 20s, or any age, truly. I'm mid-30s and still I try to focus on living in the living in the moment and not focusing on the past. I love what you said too about the stoicism. If you look in the past, you're anxious. If you look to the future, you get stressed. I think that the best place to be is try to think of it as if you're in the middle of riding a wave, you're not thinking about, oh, 10 seconds ago, I was so nervous to get this wave. You're just thinking about, wow, this is awesome. Exactly. In the now. Yeah. And just be that beginner. It's so fun because you have like, no pressures for yourself to absolutely sell. So just mm-hmm. go take a ballet class, go take that improv class, do whatever you've ever wanted to do because life's too short and be the beginner and enjoy it. Be the beginner. I love that. And I would say like another thing that I think has become more important to me as I've become a mom, but also just grown up a little bit is the best skill to have is just to be curious enough to look into how do I do something new? Yes. How do I teach myself something else? Like curiosity is, yeah, they, you know, curiosity killed the cat, but I truly think curiosity is what will lead you to your next best, greatest idea. It will lead you to going to some event where you might end up meeting someone you never thought you would. Like, I think be the beginner and then paired with curiosity, you're setting yourself up for some sort of success. Yes. Agreed completely. Love it. Well, thank you again so much. This was so fun. I'm so glad that you joined us for everyone that's listening's first time. And then for me for the second time (laughs) due to technical difficulties. (laughs) This was amazing. I loved every moment. (laughs) 